Here we go, silent. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are talking the observable view model. Uh, should be pretty cool. We all love observables in our Angular, so looking forward to it. Let's say hi to our panelists, and then we'll meet our guests, and then we'll get things rocking. Uh, joining us today, we've got Mike Brocky with us. Mike, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Ready for YouTube slowed down. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. How's it going? <laughs> Try it again. I'm good. I'm good now. All right. Cool. We got Austin, NG Panda back with us. How's it going, Austin? How's it going? I'm trying to uh, not get blown away by the hurricane. Thankfully, though, it, it seems like lost. All right. All right. Stay safe out there and uh, hold on to something, right? <laughs> Bonnie's with us. Bonnie, how's it going? It's good. I'm so excited. I love this show. Uh, Benny in the chat said we've had such cool topics lately, and I, I just really I love this show. And I'm really excited about our guest tonight, which I will not spoil because that's your job. All right. And uh, back with us again. He's been on here multiple times, so we're always happy to have him back. Sander, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you. Yeah. We are very happy to have you. We didn't have an episode planned for this week, and Sander gracefully stepped in kind of last minute to give us some content, so we're super excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. That's so, such a good bonus episode. Yeah. What was that? So, I said that's such a good bonus episode. By the way, we have Sander. Like, I'm very excited. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yes. I like uh, to have fans. I have one now. <laughs> Well, you can add me out fan as well, so that's two, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there that's, you go. that's a 100% increase. Well, <laughs> my day, my day Joseph, is good. We have Joseph in the in the YouTube chat also, who was pretty excited about you being on the show today. So that's at least three that we know of. <laughs> Perfect. No pressure or anything. No pressure, no, right? No, 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 no pressure. All okay. right. So what what are we uh, what are we covering today? Well, I'm going to talk about the observable view model, which sounds complicated. Uh, and it might be complicated, but uh, first I want to look at some code, I think. Can you show the code? Yes, let's do it. All right. We all, we all have been in code like this, where we have a couple of observables, a couple of async pipes. Actually, I have quite a few here. And then we have a loading indicator where, yeah, as I have, where it says, I have no clue how to hook this thing up. In this case, that will come a little bit later. But we have all seen code like this, that we have a, a lot of observables and a lot of asyncs in the code. Can you switch to the browser? Yeah, and I have a quick question. So all of those asyncs, right, they're all their own separate subscriptions. Would that be correct? That is correct, yes. And that is indeed one of the issues with this setup. Well, this is the outcome of this template. It's a simple inspirational page. Um, I need to switch to another one, which is the same. Uh, there is a pause button, which will make the art pause. There is a pause button, which make the quotes pause. Um, we can resume them. We can set the speed. So there is nothing very fancy going on there. There is an update 
Paris. So all in all, this is a nice sample application which serves no actual purpose. The, the thing but is, there's Simpsons. There's Simpsons. So there are Simpsons there. Yeah, that's the purpose. Well, actually, it was asked by a client that say, "Hey, I need my developers needs inspiration during their breaks, so I build this." Nice. It's used used in a top 500 company. I cannot disclose which one. Okay. Um, can you switch back to the code? Now we have seen the template, um, the code behind the template is this one. We have a couple of uh, view children where we create observables from. It's an observable from the type event. That's from a click. The next one is also from a click. Uh, you saw the, the slider. I'm reading them uh, on the change event. So I have art incoming from an external service and so on. There is no surprise here. There is a couple of operators. There's a couple of smart things, not so smart things. And there is this little helper uh, to toggle stream, which basically takes any streams and make it switch to a Boolean stream that says on, off, on, off, on, off, which is basically what drives the the pause buttons. Hi, Alyssa. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Doing so good. Sorry for being late, but I'm very excited for this show. Great. So uh, the problem with this is, as you saw, as you already noticed, uh, there are a lot of separate subscriptions. And that is. Um, causing real problems, even in a small application like this. Can you switch back to the browser? I'm going to move it a little bit. Um, I can start this and I can pause this. If I remove move the bar, the speed should change now, which it goes back to the default 3.5 seconds. That becomes, that is a, a the reason of that is that the subscriptions are resubscribed and everything basically falls apart because everything is separate. Well, there is a solution to that. Can you switch to the, back to the code? Which is basically using a view model. Suddenly your template becomes a lot cleaner. There is one async left at the top and we we have a view model and we have an else loading and the thing that i didn't know how to hook up in a previous example is hook up here so if we reload those pages it will have a nice spinner like thing until everything is ready to go So the concept of this view model is to bring together kind of all of the data that your view needs to use into yes. one object, right? Yes. And in, in this sense, like one object that's coming through this stream, right? Yes. It's cool. just one stream. All streams flow together into one big stream, which is called a view model. And everything we, knew we need in the view is inside the view model. 
and the view so model. Not only yes. is this going to clean up code, this is going to uh, like dramatically improve performance if you have something that has a lot of these, right? Like, let's say you had like a year calendar like with dots on every year or on every day in a year. So that'd be like 365 times number of subscriptions. And so this is going to clean up that level of like event binding extremely high. It's almost like event delegation. It's the basically the opposite of event delegation. Yeah. It's delegating the events to just one thing. Okay, which is it? Which is it, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gathering all events into one stream and flushes it as one event into the view. One of the things that you uh, kind of alluded to in terms of the loading, your ability to now solve and say, hey, I know when this is loading. Um, the underlying of that is the, the concept that like all of these streams, all these pieces of data are kind of mutually exclusive. They're, they're all needed for the view to do its thing, right? So now you've brought it all into one saying like, look, I need all of this. Whereas before it was, well, some could update independently. Right, so that's kind of a nice thing with the view model as well, is that you're saying like, this is all data that I want to have all kind of at once, right? Because it's related, so that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, you can even break it a little bit apart and and use before uh, and use start with to provide in uh, temporary data, so you can have um, if you have a couple of things that take a little bit longer to load, you can say, okay, I do a start with uh, ghost data. And just have a ghost in place when you're and you're let's have a look at the code that goes with this everyone's Which, calling them ghosts i always heard them called tombstones we had this debate uh like a couple of months ago <laughs> yeah but you put a tombstone on something that's that's dead and it's not loaded yet so technically yeah, but yeah. tombstones don't like keep bugging you, and ghosts do. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting too because both ghosts and both ghosts and tombstones kind of refer to something already happened, right? Maybe yeah. they're like predictors or the future, right? Is what they are because it's going to be replaced with something. I don't know. They both don't make very much sense. Virtual placeholders. You can put in virtual placeholders. I, I have a question though. Yeah. So with taking all of the data that's being displayed and putting it into one observable, if one value updates, that means everything else within your view is going to update as well because coming from an observable, it'll be immutable data, correct? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, Angular is smart enough to see uh, in the view what data is updated and what is not updated. So it only updates the parts that are truly updated. It is not that the whole view gets re-rendered on every iteration on every new date, every iteration of new data. That was one of my concerns. And I've been talking to about this with a couple of people and they say, no, that's not going to happen. It's not going to refresh the entire view, only the parts that have changed. Okay, so it does some other checking rather than just saying, hey, it's a new value, but there's more, it's more, the change detection internally is a little bit more sophisticated then. 
the change detection checks for changes. So it goes over every property and it says, oh, this isn't changed, this isn't changed, this isn't changed. So it only updates what is changed indeed. Does change detection really check for changes? <laughs> I, I guess so. Last time I read it. It doesn't check, it, it detects. <laughs> ah. Sorry, bad humor, dad humor. All right, continue. Let's let's scroll down. What is the view model? Um, basically, in most cases, you are going to use a combined latest and take all of the observables in your out of your code, then map them to a view model, and then you have an observable of view model. Um, I should show the interface. I created a small interface for the view model, which makes it easier to check things, uh, both in the code as in the template. And so you set that interface up in your component TS file, right? And it's yeah. not exported because it's really just used by this component, right? Yeah. That's, cool. um, that's why I put it in there. It's just for this component. It's it's part of the component because it is the view model. The view model is not not supposed to be exported. Um, in some cases, you might have submodules that need parts of it, so you can even export it then and import it by one of the the subviews. But that's a little bit out of the stretch of this thing. Um, the thing is, I'm using view model for quite a while already, and I found it a little bit tedious to do to do this. So I made a small improvement. This thing does the same thing. Basically, I created model from latest, which does the same thing as combined from latest, and then including this map in one go. Which is a helper. It's available from 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 model from latest. Just install this npm install. You have this this tool. This is the same thing. Makes it a little bit more easy to read and to handle, uh, and the typing is better. Because what was that? So it's ng-utils? Is what you're talking I, about? No, it's not ng-utils. It's, um, this is my own library. So observable my, utils. Gotcha. Observable okay. utils. A couple of more things in there. Um, I lost my... There it is. It's a little bit better than the, the previous one because um, you can see this is now there's now a red squiggly here because the type isn't off is off. Apparently the past art is broken somehow and it gives a type unknown. Um, I know it's it's okay, so I can put it here as observe. And you see the squiggly is gone if I feed it the correct type. 
So this is even more type safe than the combined latest. And are we correct to, so you have two different taps down there afterwards. Um, the first one is just logging. The second one, uh, you're setting that local property of view model. Yeah. And that's necessary or is that something that? No, that is, uh, I put it there because that is kind of a convenience if you need the view model inside the controller itself. It's not something I really recommend, but sometimes you have a couple of small event handlers of stuff that it's just easy to have the view model available inside the controller. Inside the controller. If you don't do this, it's only available inside the view. That makes sense. And then this way, since you know that that observable is being subscribed to in the view, you don't have to subscribe in your code. You can just tap to get that property up. Exactly. There, there is some thought going into this thing. <laughs> the if you were because we just had a uh, show on testing recently. Um, if we you were to test this um, without using the test bed and therefore rendering the templates, you would then need to do your own subscription on this, correct? Yes, and it, it's perfectly easy to do that. The view model is just a public uh, um, a public uh, observable on this thing and you can just subscribe to it and catch whatever you want. Okay. And which makes indeed mimicking what the uh, rendered template would be doing through your testing. Uh, structure. Yes. Very nice. I, I think that's nicer than using a true template and doing all kinds of stuff there. I agree with you. I was expecting a question about something that I didn't hear. Well, we can ask that. What should we ask? <laughs> no, 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 I, I'll ask. So you have an additional decorator there, the observable from event. What's going on there? Where did yeah. that come from? Well, that came from me, which is basically, it's indeed this one. What it does is it uh, uses view children and wraps that in a subject. So it's just an observable from this point on, speed change is just an observable. This is kind of painful to do without, without a decorator. Do you want to see how it works? Yes, please. Yes. Wow. Be before you do that, can you go through what it would take to implement that functionality without? Oh, sure. Decorator. Um, Say I have a um, view children. I'm going to reuse this one. Um, and I'm going to read element ref. Um, speed ref, which is a Query, query list of type. This is how you would do it before. You have um, a view children with a speed ref, and then you have to do something like um,
Oh, that's a while ago that I did that. You go, you create a method. Um, connect. And there you go, this dot. And change print subscribe, which is not a cane ID to begin with. Um, I'm going to peek a little bit. Yeah, so, so yeah, two things come to mind in terms of doing this. One is create a subscription or a subject to be able to omit anytime that event happens, but either through uh, from event from RxJS or via um, an event listener. Yeah, I would opt for an event listener here because um, I'm using a query list and it can have multiple sources. Or the other option is to link up that event uh, from from within the template to say on that particular. What I what I use most more often do is not use view children but use view child, and then um, use a setter, which is a kind of a set. Oh, this thing needs, needs a name, set. Um, I'm not sure why this one is underlined. That's fine. But basically, you're you're saving a lot of logic of having to grab a hold of the element, grab a hold of the event, link that event or the callbacks that happen because of that event, and toss that into an observable to be able to get to what you have out of one line of saying, hey, yeah. of this element, give me this event as an observable. Yeah, it, it takes out a lot of boilerplate and makes makes it a lot easier to work with those things. Yeah, I, I put you on the spot there with uh, uh, showing that aside from it. But uh, yeah, what that does is saving a whole lot of effort, especially because all of that code would need to be replicated for each of those um, other events that you're... Yeah, you are, you are adding like at least four or five lines of code pro, pro thing you want to hook up. Absolutely. And in this case, I'm using view children. Um, I have a variation that uses view child, just one which is a little bit simpler to hook up, but this is more reactive and this works always um, in all versions of Angular, while the view child is a little bit different from version eight on with the static ref and stuff like that. That's why I opted for the, uh, in first occasion for the view children. Um, the whole 
observable is not that uh, that large. It, this is all of the code. What it does is it uh, takes an it's like three weeks ago I wrote this, so I have to look. Um, it uses a get a getter and a setter. Uh, basically, if you set it, it gets a query list of element ref. It handles that. Um, it checks if it's an indeed an element ref. It pulls out the native element and hooks up and hooks it up to an uh, subject. And it takes in account that there can be multiple things in there. So if you have five things with five childs with the thing, it will react to all five of them. You get the event, so you can inspect the event for the event delegation thing Austin was talking about. This thing does the event delegation. And if you get it, you get the, the subject. I created a small helper, fetch subject, that pulls out the subject from the instance. I'm storing it inside an... Uh, inside a property on the instance, and the property is a um, symbol, so it will never conflict with anything else. This thing will be in the same helper utility. It's not yet, but it will be from next week on, in the same help helper library. So this is how the view model looks like. It's not a big change from what you're used to, but it takes care of a lot of loose ends and it makes it a lot easier to reason about the data and your view. So any questions left, things you want to see, things? I have another question. Yes. <laughs> um, so inside of the observable from event code, uh, you were using add event listener to get um, a hold of the event. Are you then also cleaning up to remove the event listener after the component is destroyed? Um, no, uh, I don't, because as, if the component is destroyed, the elements will be destroyed from the DOM. And nowadays, the DOM is smart enough to throw away those event listeners, unless you keep uh, a reference somewhere and i'm i'm not that's fine i well if you're yeah if you've gone through the uh, research to make sure that since obviously those elements are being removed that the event listener is also being removed from those elements yeah i've researched that that's that's what's happening uh, in some occasions you need to remove from an event and i i usually use it but in this case because it's only going away on a, on destroy the element will be destroyed, and um, I don't have extra references around that keep the element alive. Excellent. So, so it's it not leaking anything. So it is dead. <laughs> yeah, it is dead then. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so one of the things I like about this, too, is the fact that, like, you're making a decorator, right? And it's... It's we've talked about a couple of them. Uh, it's interesting to I, I think it's cool to get people to like think about like you can make your own decorators right for TypeScript and 
it's not too difficult to kind of dive in there and, and figure out how to do something like that. So you can definitely make these utilities that are super helpful. Um, yeah, I, I have some things to say about that too, because you can use decorators and you can, can make your own, but there is an issue there. Um, the biggest issue is that TypeScript decorators are not the same thing as JavaScript decorators. Uh, and JavaScript decorators are undergoing changes that will make it um, different to use. A little bit harder in some cases. Basically, you cannot build your own decorators. You can only build decorators from existing decorators. And there is a little bit more to it, but I that's was more. Bring up that point. I was going to bring up that point as well. Um, yeah. I know that, uh, so when that came out, I, I had actually talked to some of the folks on the TypeScript team and it sounds like they're going to keep that. So everyone don't like freak out. Um, they're going to keep that around for quite a while to make sure that like everyone can migrate. And I, I imagine they'll probably like polyfill back uh, existing ones too. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I suspect by the time that TypeScript is going to change to JavaScript decorators. We finally will have plugins for uh, the Angular compiler so we can hook up those things via the Angular compiler. Setting is we don't have this possibility right now. I was looking for that. I've been talking with people about that, but it's missing and it is missing. So is there kind of a, a thought process or pattern that you, as you've done this view model stuff that you might've established saying like, this is when I should view model or not? Like say I've got two fields, okay, now I'm ready to view model or do I just view model even if I have one field and that's the pattern, anything like that that you kind of discovered and kind of felt that's a good pattern? Um, if you have just one field, I won't do a view model. But if, you, if I add a second, I will add a view model too. Because if you're at a second, there is a fair chance there will be a third and a fourth and a fifth. Um, what I didn't show is in my eventing in here, I can not only add uh, observables, which makes sense, but I can also say um, and this will work also if I put it into my view model. So I can also put other kinds of content here. If I put in a, a promise, it will be converted to an observable. Uh, all other things will just be copied in verbatim, which makes it easier to mix and match uh, observables with other stuff. And so that, I think because of a, up another good point, like if our view model had two fields um, and it's and they're not observable data, right? They're just straight regular data. We'd still be thinking about doing a view model with that sort of thing as well. Um, no. If you have, I would do a view model, but not an observable view model. So kind of still the approach like, hey, let's let's start compartmentalizing these things with with a view model for our components, um, yeah. whether they're observable pieces or not in there. But if we get to like more than one that we're using in our view, it could be handy to do this view model approach, right? Yes. Cool. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it, it gives you a unified way to think about things uh, and it forces you to uh, think clearly about the data you need in your view, which uh, makes it easy. It makes your code more maintainable. I think it also describes some stuff more too, like, like you're saying, like when you have this view model, it's this is the stuff that's used in the template, right? But in our component classes, um, you know, anything that's public could become available in the, the template. So it kind of gets over time as, as our components get larger, it's hard to just read it and look and say, oh, is this a, a class field that's for the template or is it just internal or is it for an external API? And the view model kind of clearly defines that boundary of, oh, the stuff that's in here is for my template, right? And now these other class fields, they're probably for something else because they're not part of the view model. So that's, that's no, a nice- No, they, they might be needed to build up the view model. If you have completely unrelated stuff there, you should move it to a service or somewhere else because it has no place in a component. But if you have a component, it should all be boiled down to a view model. Um, and, and people ask me, if, and yeah, but if I have this situation and that situation, it's all possible with a view model. You can just form everything into one stream and just have that going into you into your view. So what about class uh, functions or methods that we want to call from within our view? Do we put those on the view model as well? No. Okay. No, if you have, um, basically normally you don't have those because uh, they will have their own observable stream like the clicks I have. I have button clicks, which come out of the view, and I'm feeding them the result of the button clicks. Here come um, from the button clicks, I create a toggle stream, the toggle stream, and that is feeding is fed back into the view model. So you have this circle. There is an event from the view that gets feed in the view model. So the view model is the data, right? That's being used. All the data that is being used. I wonder and if event... you... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, continue, because I'll, I'll follow up on that. Okay. Um, if you have events coming out of the, the view, usually you want to do something with those events and they, have, they reflect on data. And the view model makes it also very clear what this relation is, because it's not defined on six different things it's very clearly defined okay i get an event from the view the event is an observable uh, this is going to happen and it's fed it's fed back into the view model so everything updates so Do i wonder you typically mix view models in your stores in your ngrx stores or or things like that or i am um, close to components internal a view model is for a component, um, but I follow basically the same principle in my services. If I have a service, it's exposing one observable and a couple of methods to manipulate it. So there, basically the service follow the same pattern, but there it's not called a view model, it's called, I don't know, a service model or what you like, but it is basically the same principle. You have one observable that goes out. You have a couple of methods that update the stream. And then you can use that inside your view models. And to that be makes... clear, you're talking about a service that is a stateful service, not as a stateless service, correct? 
Uh, yes, a stateful okay. service. Okay. So we have time for the question in the chat. Yeah, maybe? sure. Um, so they're wondering how do you handle streams that are dependent on other streams that are in the view model? Um, they're wondering if that would cause many rapid emits for the whole view model. Which was a really good question, Vinay. I yeah. thought. Yeah, I more or less just answer that because I'm using clicks from the, the view and I'm feeding them right back into the view model. The, the thing is, um, if you are changing things, you occasionally need a take one to make sure the thing doesn't go on forever. If you have data that changes data, that you, it's easy to go in a recursive loop in this case. And you might want to prevent that and a take one is our um, excellent way to do that. Yeah, the, the other thing to consider is that these are observable. So you have the whole full suite of RxJS to be able to manipulate that stream, whether or not you want to debounce or buffer or manage um, how often those things are emitted. Yeah, if it's going too fast, you just put in a debounce time and everything will settle down. Right, I'm, I'm mentioning this not just from that side of once you've combined the view model, but on each individual observable. So if maybe, um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if you want to do this for the, the toggle, you can do just do it here, pipe, and say um, distinct. Pipe. Oh, yeah, you already pipe. Distinct until changed. And now... This will only fire when it changes. It's a Boolean stream, so it's very useful, useless because it always changes. <laughs> but yeah, you can do whatever you want. You you can combine this any way you like. And really, for what for the question that that Benet asked, uh, that stick until changed is really great for any situation where you find yourself. If you're if you have a rapid emit that's that's coming through from another stream that you don't want, you just get that distinct until change should clean it up. Yeah, exactly. That's only if they're not like new things coming down the pipeline, though, right? Like, well, like if there's new, if you have new things, you can use the debounce time of the throttle time. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> there, there are. There's the always an answer okay. in the in the RxJS tool chest for for things like this. It's interesting because having the, the view model makes me want to have a view events or view commands that then I can group together the commands that I want to have inside of the, the component template, right? These clicks and stuff like that to be just more organized and kind of can read like, oh, these are the things that I want to expose, right? Yeah. I don't know how practical that would be, but maybe. Uh, I have been thinking about that, but that's not possible without a large buy-in. And by a large buy-in, I mean I have to define uh, a suite of utils and have to enforce a certain way of working. And that's not something um, I would like to do. So one of the other benefits of switching to using a decorator like this is you're essentially wiring up your events inside of the component and not in the template. So the template is much more simplified in that it's just your rendered output and not necessarily the idea of what 
events are going to be happening. Just essentially the presentation of the data and the events that happen aren't necessarily linked up through uh, clicks and changes or checked or any other uh, events from the UI because they're all essentially being associated externally from the template. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And that, that's certainly true. Um, on the other side, this is a very jQuery way thing to separate the events from the from the template. Uh, you you have to bind them together somehow anyway. Mm -hmm. So I would really love if I would was able to uh, put in some uh, additional syntax to make observables from the, the uh, what I want. What I'm thinking of is um, I want to do. I want to be able to do something like uh, the play button. Is I I'm using here a template variable, but what I really want is that I have some click. And now this should be enough. This is not existing syntax, but this would be so lovely to have. You say, hey, I have a click. Uh, I want to observe the clicks, and that should end up in this BA property on the on the template. Um, I agree. I agree with your sentiment. Uh, it has pluses and minuses. Very true. So you mentioned uh, where these could be installed from. So are these currently deployed to NPM? The, yes. The uh, libraries that you have? Yes. Okay, and we'll definitely make sure to include links to those. Uh, I will. The, the, the decorator is not there yet, but I will put it there this in a couple of days. Okay. Um, my other question is with these libraries that um, I know I would like to start using, and I'm sure other people would like to start using, are there any limitations in terms of dependencies on the version of Angular that it nope. needs something from version six on up or eight or? Um, I think I have said that I need from six on, but really there is not uh, in the observable tools is not really anything that's um, tied to a certain version of Angular. Uh, I have some other libraries that are tied to Ivy. But that sounds like another show. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Ivy enables me to do a little bit more than this with decorators. But then it's really dependent on Ivy. Um, and Ivy is still changing a, a lot. So. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, my decorators for Ivy are broken two or three times. Yay, using undocumented stuff. <laughs> Just make a pull request to the repo for tests for your decorators. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I have a couple of decorators and I did not go big on those things for Ivy because basically what Mishko and Rob and all was, were saying, hey, we are going to provide those things, just not right away. So, yeah. The, the same goes from the observable from events that will be available in some form in one of the next iterations of Angular. Um, I'm not sure what version, uh, and I 
at this rate, I will suspect it will be 14, 15, 16. So it will take a while, <laughs> but it will be native in Angular in the future somehow. Even if I have to put it in myself. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, well, we're getting to the top of the hour. Should we wrap things up? Or any any last things on the the view model stuff? Anybody wants to ask or get in there? All right. Okay. All right. Well, well, should we do some picks and then wrap everything up? Yeah. Anybody it's... got any picks? Nobody has any picks today. I all have right. a pick. Yeah. All right. I, I, I do all have right. a pick. Um, right. Just today, I learned that there will be an immutable data in JavaScript natively, which is basically my pick. There, there is an, um, it's on stage zero now, but I'm fairly sure it will increase pretty rapidly through the system, which is also a relative, <laughs> relative right. ID. Do you have any idea what that might look like conceptually? Is it just you, you add something or just you just heard that part? Um, I have read a little bit of the spec, um, but they are not very clear on the syntax yet, but it will basically something like like immutable JS or something, you get a couple of extra types that will be immutable. And you you get an array notation that says, hey, this array is immutable. And then you can only extend it by, you, you cannot basically because it is immutable. That sounds pretty cool. That's a good pick. I like that, that yeah. pick. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, I guess that's a wrap then. Sander, thanks a ton again for last minute filling in. Really appreciate it. And thanks a ton for the content. Uh, we always love it. And, and this has been super helpful. So thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. One more thing. Do yeah. you have a link oh, sure. to that yeah, repo? Yeah. The, uh, the chat is asking in on the YouTubes for the link to uh, I will, will... take a closer look. I will. Oh, <laughs> crap. I need to log in. Hold on. <laughs> Can you tweet it, Sonder, and we'll retweet it? I will. I have it available. We will retweet it. Yes. We'll retweet it. Yeah. I found it. So. If you want to drop it into our chat, then. Uh, I oh, just... there we go. Then uh, let me see if I can. Uh, Copy that into the YouTube chat so that everybody can so grab that. So while link. we're waiting, I okay. have a word of warning, you know, as a pick. Uh, so um, you're not going to want to for my packages, are you? <laughs> no. Decaf coffee has seven milligrams caffeine. Uh, regular has around a hundred. Uh, nitro cold brew has about two hundred and eighty. So Where can I get that? <laughs> Starbucks has it. Uh, I know other other coffee shops do as well. But just a little heads up, word to the wise. Maybe you you don't know and you're chugging that stuff. Just you know, I didn't do that. I would never. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, we get safety tips as well. I like it. I like it. And all right, well, on that uh, link down there at the bottom here on the overlay, so that's in there. But we'll also put that up in the description uh, of the show as well. So again, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, that's a wrap. We'll catch everybody next time. See ya. See ya.